0: Memphis, 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 Memphis. Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. The beautiful land
1: in the world. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted
2: and said I don't have that fire in my eyes no more. That game right there is for him. That's what I do. I pull people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there.
1: What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to the Grizz Nine Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Greer. And Ryan is not with us this week. We were going to break down a little bit of the Grizzlies awards, but we're going to hold off a week on that. So instead, I had some friends join me, and we're going to break down the Southwestern Division. Okay, when I say Southwestern, it's the Southwest Division. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I have with us, I have Keegan and Jesse. Keegan is from uh, the Rockets, and Jesse is from the Mavs. And so they're part of the lead sports media And so they have their own podcast, so go check them out. You're going to love a lot of their takes, and you're going to hear a lot of grizzly love. And so I promise you, you won't want to miss it. These guys are the bomb. But if we haven't plugged enough, please go check out the Leeds Podcast Network. What it is, is six different shows each week. I promise you, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to want to keep listening each and every week. So you're going to hear from Keegan and Jesse. Go check out their podcast, The Lead Sports Network. Go check out them. And then keep coming back. We know you want to. So let's go ahead and get into the division. All right, let's get into the Southwest Division. And I had to bring in some friends for this one just because... Why not? Right. We're with the lead and, and everybody knows about the lead podcast network where we have six different shows on each and every week. And those shows are really, really good. The lineup of shows is, is great. The, the podcasters are are kind of finding their own. Uh, I have a favorite, but I can't say or everybody would be mad at me. Uh, but I had to bring in two guys with us. Ryan is not here tonight. So let's bring in from Rockets Lead. Keegan with the Liftoff Podcast. What's up, Keegan? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. Uh, it's a beautiful night to talk some Southwest Division. And uh, let's keep it going over to the Dallas Mavericks with the Mavs lead, which is the Mavs Report. What's up, Jesse? How you guys doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so we were uh, actually on this talking a little bit prior to recording and I was like, all right, we just got to get going because we, we honestly, it was good conversation that I wanted to get recorded onto the podcast. And so we want to simply just give you the team awards and break down a little bit about each team. So we're not going to dive too deep, but we have about 10 questions. Uh, If we, if I come up with some more in the meantime, then cool. But if not, we're going to try to stick to these 10 and kind of give our award winners, but also you'll be able to hear a little bit about how we feel about these teams. So uh, without further ado, anybody have anything before we get into these teams? No, I'm pretty much ready to go. Yeah, let's get going. Are we ready to talk trash about some teams we don't like? Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) Always. I'm very biased, so this is going to be terrible for me uh, about giving awards. But we're going to start it off, and Keegan, we'll start off with you. Um, A player that you would want to start a franchise with.
2: All right, so we're going whole Southwest division here, right? That's it. Nobody All right. outside the Southwest. Uh, so I figured that I would not be going first. Um, my, <laughs> my initial answer was Luka, right? Right. And so Luka Doncic, I mean, he can do everything. I think he is the best player without a doubt in that division. I don't really think that's up for debate, but I figured that one of y'all were going to list him as your franchise guy. So I want to talk about Zion Williamson Mm. um, to play the contrarian role here. Uh, I chose Zion as my franchise player because he was in his second year in the league, averaging 27 points, 7.2 boards, 3.7 assists. He shot 61% from the field. Teams knew every single time he was going to drive to the basket and they still could not stop him. Uh, And he's a good playmaker. He's more than capable on that end. The Pelicans rolled him out as a, like as a, big giant point guard for a while there and I think he's going to excel in that role if they want to try that out some more and he gets to the line at a good rate uh 8.7 free throws a game uh, making almost 70 percent of those if he can get that three-point shot figured out and if he can play some little bit better defense he's gonna be scary so I think that I would want to choose him I think that's a fun fun option so are you saying you are you are taking
1: him over Luca or Luca's your one A and Zion's like a one B or maybe a two?
2: Uh really Zion. I guess see I just didn't want to say the same thing as y'all because I thought that y'all were gonna go Luca, no doubt. Okay. Um for the sake of the argument here, I'll say I'll take Zion over Luca. Okay. Like Why it. not?
1: Jesse, you're the Mavs guy. So I would imagine we know what this is. And <laughs> is it Luca?
0: Um, a huge shocker here, but, uh, yes, I'm going to go in with Luca. Um, there's a lot of reasons, although John Morant, I feel is going to have a really, really good season and he's a great pick as well because he adds a little bit of a different sort of game, but with Luca, I mean, as, as it stands now, he's the leading point for game, uh, player in playoffs history over Jordan um he has last year he had a clutch percentage of 63.3 percent that uh, changed game outcome which was like ridiculous in the league Uh, he's just he's just one of those guys that you really trust to take over a game especially in the playoffs so I got to go with Luca but I really hope you pick Jaw because I really want to hear your points because I really like jaw and I think he's going to be an excellent excellent point guard in the league for a long time
1: yeah so I figured, uh, everybody would pick Luca. Um, if I, if it was me and we're, and we're at the school, you know, the schoolyard, yard about to pick up teams and I'm looking around more than likely, I'm probably picking Luca. Like, I don't know who would not pick Luca just from what, what's happened. Th- these guys are the same age. I, I think people forget that just because Luca has, has been in the league a little bit longer. Uh, Luca is amazing. And I would pick Luca, and that—that that is me being as biased as can be to John Morant, just because he hasn't—he hasn't produced well enough with the three-point shot. But if you don't talk about a player that I absolutely love, and that it would be my second pick, and it's very close to picking Luca, it would be Ja, just for the simple fact that what he does. And helps his teammates, I think, is so much better than the rest of these guys. And I think that's greater than any numbers that y'all can quote, whether that's Zion's or Lucas. I think Ja might be better than both of these guys in the end, just because of how people want to come play with him and will play their butts off for him. And so there's no stats to that. And I think that's really what engulfs this city of Memphis that is, um, I think that's what engulfs him uh, to jaw itself. So I, I know that um, if I had to pick it, it, had to, it would have to be Luca because who who wouldn't, man? The guy is amazing, and I know that he's probably going to be the MVP talk, but the guy in 10 years will be looked at potentially as being one of the greatest has ever played this game. And I think Jaw can be there, but I think Jaw would have to, to work on his three-point shot. But if we want to talk about Mr. Preseason, now, that's Ja Morant for sure, hands down. <laughs> uh, he's played well. But uh, anything else on that, on the franchise player? Uh, I'm all good. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah,
0: I do want to say one thing. I think Ja could easily have a better career for the fact that he has a more competent front office <laughs> than, the, than the Mavericks have. So, <laughs> you know, talent can only take you so far. You saw a great front office in the Hawks that brought – trey farther than lucas so i mean it you know the sky's the limit for that team
1: yeah i agree um i, I think the front off, front office is doing a very good job of putting the pieces around because in the end man that's so big um and even looking at like a place like houston like no matter how good these dudes are if if, if they don't want to be there if you're if you're there three to four years and yeah you're okay and you see it like oh my god like like, Jalen Green is so good. Like, he's going to be amazing. But, but, but does he want to leave after a few years? Like, is, is that what's happening to the franchise? So I, I hope not for anybody. Uh, but um, in the end, that's really what happens. That's what, you know, that's what the Rockets are looking at with John Wall. Like, yeah, he got there. But now they're like, uh, what do we do? Like, it's kind of in flux. And so uh, I hope that's not what happens to any of these players, because uh, this could be the best division uh for the next 10 years easily just because if you look at zion uh if you look at Jalen green now if you look at ja man you you, you know luke is there already so this division could be dynamite all right so let's keep going um breakout player this year we're gonna take turns jesse you're up first The
0: so this is a tough one, because there's a quite a few in this uh, in this division. Um, I I would say KPJ, but I don't feel like he's I feel like people know and anticipate that he's going to be very good. Um, so I'm going to actually go with a rookie and go with Trey Murphy. I think he's playing wow. really good. And a lot of people aren't expecting him to have a good rookie year, but I think he's going to have a really, really good rookie year. He looks amazing in preseason, and he's got all the tools. I thought he fell too far in the draft. So I'm looking for him to surprise some people. I want to be a little bit different. There's some other guys like Keldon Johnson that you think could be really good, but I'm going to go with Trey Murphy here.
2: All right, Keegan, you're up. Uh, I really like that Murphy pick. Um, I was tempted to put him uh, a little bit later on in this episode too, as one of my picks um, for rookie, uh, rookie of the year for that division. I really wanted Murphy on the Rockets uh, really, really bad. I mean, he's one of 11 guys in NCAA history to finish with a 50, 40, 90 split, if I remember correctly. So I mean, he's just insanely talented and he plays defense and I mean, he's, he's got all the physical tools to succeed, but like you said, I'm, I'm going with KPJ here. Right. And, As you said, a lot of people do anticipate Porter Jr. taking the leap this season, but that's for a very specific reason. It's because he averaged in 26 games for Houston last year. He averaged 16.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 6.3 assists, right? Now, about half of those games came with him sharing the court with John Wall, and so Wall was taking the ball out of KPJ's hands. He was taking shots away from KPJ. And KPJ is better suited um, to play the one NBA playmaker. That is the most underrated part of his game. And so I think with him being in Houston this year, uh, being the true point guard for them, he'll have, you know, he gets all the experience that he wants leading an offense, running an offense like that. So I can't wait to see him, uh, even just in the preseason. He's shot really well so far. Um, a lot of people, and I know it's, it's just preseason, so it's probably a no reaction, but uh, if he can get his three point shot, at a respectable mark, then he's going to be one heck of a player. I can just confidently say that right now. He's going to be my pick, and I think he's got the chance to be um, – just say Jalen Green is 1A for Houston for the next four, eight years, whatever. I think KPJ is going to be that 1B, and he's going to be a really good point guard. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um... I like that. Uh, how uh, KPJ? Um, he is only getting paid two, and then next year It looks like it's a, a team option of three, you know, three and a half, almost four uh, million. Uh, I'm guessing a extension comes if he has is he, if he has that kind of a good season.
2: I'm hoping so. Um, I'm not sure what that number would look like. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, some off court stuff, that kind of thing. Mm. Just look at him, can we, you know. Uh, Because they brought him in, um, had him play in the G League at first because he left Cleveland in a very bad spot. And he talked about how his mental health was not in a good place. Uh, Basketball wasn't his focus. But he did say at media day that the Rockets organization, by them taking a chance on him and helping him get his head straight, he said that that organization saved his life. And that was directly what he said, too. So I think I think he's in a good place now, and I'm I'm hoping he's able to stick around for a uh, for a contract extension with us.
1: Yeah, that team option um, that looks great for the team, um, and I think a three year extension maybe at the end of this year. Uh, so you so you'll still get him on a, a cheap deal, but really what they need to do is they need to try to maybe front load that if they feel comfortable with his mental health and and really where he stands and not being a flat out, just a knucklehead, right? Um, if he can kind of keep his uh, his act together and kind of just grow up and mature. You know, everybody needs to grow up and mature, you know, at the age, you know, 19, 20, 21. You make stupid decisions. These guys, you know, have tons of money and they're making stupid decisions as well. There's no difference in that. So um, I, I think that they'll get that extension done. If he plays the way he did last year and is potentially breaking out of that even more, he's still 21. Let's just you know, and so let's just say he he's going to be better and as long as he matures. He'll be he'll be fine, and he'll get the back. Uh, that's a guarantee. Um, I like both those guys, so I'm going to be um, a little uh, kind of uh, homerish, but I, so I have two, and it's because my podcast. I'm going to allow it. Um, so Desmond Bain is my my main guy. That's who I love. But Grizzlies fans, they know about Desmond Bain. He had you know nine points last year. Uh, we wanted him to take more three-point shots. He averaged you know, three-point attempts a game. I'm hoping that that grows to six, maybe even seven three-point attempts a game. He looks to be starting. That's the potential. That's the rumors is Desmond Bay might be a starter this year. So that would move Kyle Anderson out, which would give them more firepower alongside Jaw, which could create a lot more spacing, especially if you have you know, somebody like Steven Adams. Not, you know, he's, he's definitely the big guy. But he's not a go-to, so he's not going to clog up the lane. He's going to be the guy you run pick and rolls off of. So Desmond Bain could blow up and potentially have a 15 to 6, average 15 or 16 points a game um, on, you know, six to seven three-point attempts at, you know, above 40%. Uh, That would be a a good year for him. Uh, But another guy I like is Kelton Johnson. And the simple fact that his first year he was, you know, averaged nine points a game, and then he was almost 13 points last year. Who's going to score for that team is what I want to know. And so when I looked at their their roster, I'm thinking he's the only guy they have. So he's got to put up 20 points a game. So he has to be the breakout player from this division. If he's aver- I think he could potentially average 20 points a game easily, just because there's no there's nobody else that's gonna score the ball on that team. And I know we all have our reservations with, with the Spurs, and I think you'll kind of we'll get into that a little bit later, but Kelton Johnson is a very good player. I just don't know what they're doing, and I don't know who they're putting around him, and so because they're all young, they're going to look at somebody who you know is a very good player and could really you know show out for them this year. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's keep it moving. Um, I have I know we have a caveat to the uh, our next one is the best off season moves as a team. I got another question: Who's had the worst off season? Like, what's going on? Like, when you think about this team, you're like, oh my god who who confuses you who is it
2: i think we're all we're probably all on the same page here
0: yeah it's got to be the spurs i mean i don't know what they're doing i i you know pops on his last couple of years like what's the strategy there like they it feels like they've been wanting to tank for a couple of years and they feel like they can't because pops about to retire so they're kind of directionless right now and like you said who's going to score for them uh, there's a lot of question marks for the spurs
2: yeah I, I look at the moves that they made i guess the two the two real big ones were uh losing demar DeRozan uh which that was a sign and trade if i remember right that did bring them uh thaddeus young correct correct which he's he's a good player he can still contribute so i do feel good about them getting him oh, but what, hold on but what what sense does that make like well I, I thought he was
1: going to get get there, get bought out, go back to this, go back to Chicago.
2: Like, why is he still on the team? That that makes oh, no I've, sense. I've got no idea, but nothing else. They didn't make sense either, because <laughs> right. uh, I've got it written down right here. Uh, Doug McDermott got a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal from the Spurs. Uh, oh, Zach Collins McBuckets. got <laughs> Zach Collins got a three-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. And then they drafted Josh Primo. Um, what was it, twelfth overall? And Youngest that, player in the draft. Yes, came out of nowhere because I mean he was projected maybe late first, right. maybe probably probably somewhere in the second round. And he can get buckets, but he's just he's raw and he's super super young. So why are you taking him twelfth? I mean Alperen Shingun was still on the board and he would have been perfect for San Antonio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with, uh, Shingun. He, I thought he was easily going there. Um, you know, I was watching the Grizzlies and what they were doing. Uh, I'm still confused as to what they were doing. Um, uh, but I do think that a lot of these players would have fit better, uh, than, than really who they, you know, who they took. So, um, who knows? I, I don't know what they're doing, and I think we're all confused. I'm looking at their books, and there's you know their highest paid player is 15 million, right? So I, I, maybe they're just trying to save money. Who knows? But um, all right, but that's enough about the Spurs. Um, we can make fun of them as we keep going. Uh, but the best offseason, I'll start it off, and I think it's the Houston Rockets. Um, and yes. I know I know that um, <laughs> that a lot of people will look at. Maybe uh, the Pelicans getting uh, Jonas Valanciunas just because he was the best player in that trade. It was um, you know interdivision uh, trade with the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. But in the end of the day, I looked at the draft more than anything because, you know, the free agent signings just weren't really there. There was nothing that happened. The trades, you know, they were hit or miss. But at the end of the day, when you're able to get, you know, a guy like Jalen Green, you can go and get Alperen Shingun, um, Usman Garuba josh christopher i i i don't know if i just need to keep going but like that's who they got just in this draft that's not like the last couple years that's just this draft so the future is looking good for houston and i don't know how good they'll be this year because you have a player at the age of 31 and john wall you're paying you know 44 and potentially 47 million to and then eric gordon who's 32 injury riddled. He's still on the team. He's, you know, he's going to get paid 18, 19, whatever, in the next couple of years. Those are issues that you have, but in the end of the day, you know, I, I can't fault them for, for what they did because they had to, they had to get John wall and he's a good player. I think they'll get more from him in a trade at some point, but as of right now, he's on the team and I think he can actually be an asset if he would learn to take a step back and just take care of, if John Wall would learn to take care of his body and say, hey, I know that I'm going to get traded. Not a big deal, right? Because that, that, that's the writing on the wall. Let me help these guys take a back seat and actually be better overall by taking a year or taking a half a year off i just not playing as many games so
2: that's actually what he's doing Good. um yeah he he said they came to an agreement it was a mutual agreement between him and the franchise uh that he's going to just ride the bench all year he's he's essentially the highest paid assistant coach uh, wow. assistant coach in NBA history now uh he was sitting on the on the bench helping coach the other night during preseason games he was there for training camp worked out with the team all that but he's he's not playing at all this year uh, until they can either reach a buyout, which supposedly isn't on the table yet, uh, okay. or find a trade for him. So he's just there to be a mentor for the young guys. Yeah, that's awesome. A uh, buyout just doesn't make sense to me uh,
1: because I don't know what that number even looks like. And I'm not saying that cripples the franchise because you know the books are clean, right? It, it looks fine. You know, In the next couple of years, they, they have a lot of people that they don't have to pay a lot of money to. So they'd be okay. But if you buy him out, you're putting in a lot of money that you couldn't go out and find somebody. If you get somebody back on a one-year deal and you eat a lot of money, that's okay because you're going to get draft picks along with it. That's only going to better you off a buyout. It doesn't necessarily better you off because really you're just paying somebody to leave when ideally that guy can get you at least a second round draft pick. You know, he can get you plenty. So anyway, let's keep, uh, let's keep it going. Jesse, what you got? So,
0: I gotta agree with you on Houston. I mean, you have an, an amazing draft. Like, I don't know how they pulled that draft off. Obviously, as a Mavs fan, I'm super jealous of that. Um, but you know, when you look at Sanguin, he's the type of player that can really get buckets in creative ways around the basket. Um, I, I think his offensive style, while isn't really in vogue in the NBA, is going to translate well for the complementary pieces they have on the team. So you pair that with Jalen Green, who is, you know, could be one of the best two-way players in the league in a few years and that already has a lot of, you know, uh, G League experience. And then, you know, you put Garuba, who could eventually be one of the better defenders, especially in the Southwest Division. We'll get into uh, defensive players later, but there's not a lot of lockdown guys in this division. So if you can actually lock up somebody – like Garuba that can that could eventually maybe lock people down in a in a variety of ways. I mean that's a great asset to have. You now will will they really pan out? We don't know yet. I, I mean I'm sure Green will, but uh, you got to say that you you compare that with or pair that with you know KBJ and and you know, the rest of their roster, they have a promising young roster to build on while they're just one year, not even a full year into rebuild. So I got to give it to the Rockets.
2: Yeah, wow, uh, I man, I could talk about Houston for forever, right? Uh, and I, I hated that I put them down as many times as I did, or one of our players is the answers to these questions. Because uh, I just I feel like a homer, but I think it's It's really hard to ignore the offseason that we had. I mean, David Aldridge said that the Rockets had the best uh, offseason in his article for The Athletic. I mean, we had major media people who were saying, yeah, Houston knows what they're doing. Uh, I guess to kind of expand just a little bit, I won't take too long. Um, Like you said, we're not even a full year into the rebuild post-harden. I mean, he was traded in January. It's currently October. And we've already got this great, solid, you know, this amazing young core. You've got KPJ. Christian Wood was a borderline all-star until he got hurt last year. He's looking great. Jay Sean Tate is a productive player, yeah. uh, whether he comes off the bench or starts. He's the type of guy every team needs. K.J. Martin was the steal of last year's draft coming late in the second round. And he's going to be really productive in the future. And like y'all said, I mean, you bring in four first-round picks this year. And Green is your future – you know, superstar pretty much. And then Shingun looks like he could blossom into a star given given enough time. And he won an MVP in a pro league at age of 18, by the way, uh, playing overseas in Turkey. And then Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher are both going to be solid young guys. Might both spend some time in the G League, but they could really develop into something great too. And even the mentors that they brought in, like Daniel Tice and re-signing David Nwaba, those are going to be huge for keeping the young guys kind of in line and teaching them the ins and outs of being pros. So really it's – I think Houston had probably the best offseason, uh, certainly out of any team that's in a rebuilding phase, but probably out of any team in the league, just because they lost Harden and the future already looks bright, not even a full year later. So, Yeah, I agree. Uh, they might be – they might have had the best
1: offseason Overall, I know the GM survey said a bunch of other stuff and people like the heat and what they did with Kyle Lowry and the Lakers just because they got all the – every every player that's decent above the age of 34. Um, so th- that's that's completely different, right? But um, if it's me, I, I, you're getting younger and, and they're only going to get better. Um, but anyway, let's keep it moving. Uh, we have next is the most improved and we can go any direction you'd like. Um, And you can give me one or both, Uh, either team or player,
2: whichever you'd like to do. Uh, Keegan, I think you're first. Go ahead. Uh, I was thinking in terms of teams. uh, Personally, I put the Pelicans here, um, and I can explain why. It's because I think, first of all, and maybe this falls more under um, best offseason, but they shed the salary from Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe that is huge because whenever they both got there, I was sitting there thinking, what in the heck are y'all doing? This is the worst contract you could hand to Steven Adams. Cause he is not worth the money he is making, but I will say swapping him out for uh, Jonas Valanciunas. That's going to be really big because he provides more spacing, gives Zion more room to work. And like we've said before, the Trey Murphy draft pick, he's going to be an extremely, extremely valuable role guy for them. He's going to be huge. And then, I mean, even like, uh, pulling in Thomas Sadoransky uh, to be a guard off the bench. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good acquisition, too. So I think they kind of shored up their team. Uh, although they lost Lonzo Ball, they replaced him with Devontae Graham, who is young and still has some upside, too. Um, so I think in terms of this division, I think the Pelicans will get better than they were last year. I don't see any other team really taking a leap like they will. Uh, and I don't think I can put Houston on there for most improved because we haven't seen half their young guys play yet. So yeah. Pelicans it is for me.
1: This is a tough one, Jesse. Yeah. So I have the
0: Grizzlies here and not because of any real roster moves, but they have that playoff experience. They have to build on. You got a blossoming young core, you know, I love Bane. During the draft, we were doing a live locker room, and uh, <laughs> Sean Coleman came in from Locked On Grizz and just gloated because we were so excited. We thought we were going to get Bain with our second pick and uh, y'all you know, swiped him right from under us, and he has been amazing, much better than our first-round pick. So um, I think that you're going to have a lot um, of – Continuity. I feel like you guys built a lot more confidence in your team, and you really feel like you can compete. And uh, I, I see the Grizzlies as, as a team that can really do some damage because they have depth and they just have a lot of really good chemistry.
1: Yeah, I, I think chemistry was the is the biggest thing, and um, I like what you said it. Kind of just gave them more confidence because hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna get it right, uh, rid of Jonas valentunas and I've said this on this podcast and, and to every Grizz fan. Uh, That's asked pretty much Jonas Valanciunas. He was the guy who he's, he's the training wheels to this team. So, you know, Hey, take it easy. We're going to, we're going to keep him here because you can throw the ball down to him and he's going to put in, you know, 18 to 20 points a night. Like that's what he's going to do. And he's going to get his 12 rebounds. That's great. But is he allowing these other players to blossom the proper way because of what he, you know, he demands the ball that much because I love Jonas. It was very hard to part ways with him, but what they found in Steven Adams is somebody who they can actually like create a different style and emotion offense almost, but it also, he doesn't need the ball. He's going to get 10 points, possibly a game. And and probably he's going to average 10 to 12 rebounds just as JV did, just because of the, the position he's going to be in. And he's really not going to be asked to do much. So, I do like what you what you say with the Grizzlies, and I'm going to pick them too. And it's not because I think that they're going to be the most improved record wise. Um, I, I am against the Pelicans because I do love Jonas. I just don't think him and uh, Zion will will mesh well. In, in all honesty, I think the best additions that they have with Devonte Graham and Jonas they'll actually benefit each other the most because they'll be able to play off each other the inside out, and because Devonte can shoot the ball. I think that would be a great addition. I just don't know how Jonas plays alongside the other players. I don't know how he plays alongside Zion. So I'm going to say the Grizzlies. And like I said, it's not because of the record. I just think this team will be better. When you go play them, they will be a better team and a harder team to play against. I think they just got a little, you know, they, they outkicked their covers last year. They played way over their heads. They weren't that good of a team. They were, they were good. They weren't that great. Well, now, if you're able to move Kyle Anderson to the bench, it just shores up a little bit of veteran leadership on the bench alongside Tyus, so I think this team could be really good. And so we'll see uh, how it goes, but I I, I like that, Jesse, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to continue with that because I like the Grizzlies as well. All right, so we talked about the uh, most improved team. Uh, Let's go to the most fun team. And, Jesse, we're going to lead off with you, so go ahead and give us who your most fun team is. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies again, and I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on this
0: reason. Um, I think with Steven Adams, he's quietly one of the best screeners in the league. And what he's, what jaw likes to do is with Valanchunas, he would set a screen and jaw would sort of get into the top left of the key. And whenever the defender would go drop to try to keep him from getting to the basket, He would stay and get that little floater, that little jumper. And he was able to get that when Valanchunas was able to to set the right screen. But I'm very confident that Steven Adams is going to be able to do that or go into a screen to pick a roll action where he's also very effective. And I think that's really going to unlock Jaw to where he's going to add a lot of points to his game, and he's going to be a lot more dynamic. And it's just going to be really fun to, to see somebody that can score on all facets of that level with the elite screener that has that sort of athleticism. So I got to go Grizz again on this one. I hate to, I hate to do this on a Grizz podcast, but (laughs) it's just, it's just too obvious for me.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I I like that. And I like uh, JV was a great screener, but I think the style of their play, I think it, I think Adams actually benefits Josh so much better and Steven Adams played alongside Russell Westbrook when he was a young Russell Westbrook. So I think that there's a little bit of that in there.
2: Uh, but Keegan, let's go ahead with you. Everybody except the Spurs. <laughs> and that's going to be the, that's going to be the clip that you, that you clip for the teaser for this, I'm sure. But I do think that everybody except for the Spurs, is going to be fun to watch. I just hate watching the Spurs because it's, it's just not fun basketball. You know, they're so defensive-minded. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, Pop doesn't let them take threes half the time and that sort of thing. So I, I think there's aspects about every team in this division that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, in the Rockets' case, half of these guys played AAU ball together, and they've been teammates before. The chemistry is through the roof with this team. I mean, they're all commenting on each other's Instagram posts. They're hanging out together in Houston, all this stuff already that we've seen the vibes are immaculate and then you got like Jacob and green and KPJ and KJ Martin, they're all kind of high flyers. And, you know, these flashy dunks, that kind of thing. So it'll be fun to watch for that reason Uh, for the Grizzlies jaw is just such an explosive player. I mean, he's one of my favorite in the league. If I wasn't a Rockets fan, I'd probably be a Grizzlies fan if I'm being entirely honest. Uh, And then with the Mavs, I just, I love Luca, Luca so much. He's so, so good. And he's so young too. It's just, Watching him is a treat, especially in the playoffs. And then even the Pelicans, I mean, watching Zion, a dude, his size playing point guard is probably top three most entertaining things in the league right now. So for that reason, everybody except for the Spurs is going to be fun this year.
1: I agree with that. Um, I, really, I really think this might be uh, the most fun conference overall just because of the young talent. And they're young, but they're, they're really good. And there's a lot of future all stars, I think a potential future MVP sooner rather than later. Um, and I'm going to go with that guy. Um, I love the Grizzlies. I love watching them. Uh, obviously, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to turn on the Grizzlies just because it's, it's my home. It's my, you know, they're family. But if I'm looking for a game to watch, there's a few people I go to, I always go for. And, and those are simply Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Zion William. That, that's who I go look for. Luca, Steph, come on, Curry. So I have to go with Luca though, because Luca is ultimately my favorite person to watch. It's because he does so much and he's so good that he's my number one guy. If I'm turning on League Pass, he's my number one guy I'm looking for. And so I'm going to go with Luca just because he's so good and he's going to be a future MVP in this league 100%. Um, all right, so let's keep going. Uh, and these are the real awards um these are going to be you know your rookie of the year defensive player of the year offensive mvp and then we're going to give our conference winner but let's go ahead and um i'll start us on rookie of the year i think this is i think this is going to be the easiest one right right it's going to be Zaire williams is that that's right oh no (laughs) No, oh come on man not right Wow. all right so it is josh christopher i agree no (laughs) no Uh, Jalen Green obviously is going to be the best player in the conference, uh, rookie-wise. We know that, um, and so I, I'm excited to to just get to watch him grow. Like he's going to just mature and grow as a player now that John Wall kind of moved out of the way. I, I think he's going to be one of the you know top 20, top 30 players, and I think he will win the Rookie of the Year this year for the simple fact that Cade Cunningham, kind of he is good. But I think Jalen Green is going to win it just because he's going to get he's given the keys right away, and if his offensive firepower is so much better, in my opinion, than Cade Cunningham, even though Cade can do so much, I just think Jalen Green's going to do it. But, uh, but Jesse, we'll go with you first because we know uh, who Keegan has for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all going to agree on this one. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, the only thing that I, if I do want to pick on Jalen Green a little bit, is. I have some questions about him maintaining maintaining a dribble in drives. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to be that type of score yet, and it is hard to develop that quickly. So I want to see more about how he can navigate through offenses to get to the basket, because that's such a huge part of, of playing in the NBA nowadays. Uh, his shot's going to be there. His defense is going to be there. He's super athletic. So those assets are going to be there sort of like, um, you know, Ant-Man. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that everything's there for him, especially in this division. I don't know if he's my rookie of the year pick for the entire league, but he's definitely for this division. Okay. Keegan?
2: Uh, I'm going Alperin Shingun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not actually given enough minutes I wouldn't be shocked if he was a dark horse for the actual rookie of the year uh, award at the end uh, but I just I don't think he'll get enough run to really um, be in comp like in real competition for that uh, but yeah it's going to be Jalen Green uh, obviously second overall pick and the best rookie in this division easily um, scores at all three levels has the, uh, has the physical traits to develop into a really good defender one day. His playmaking is kind of underrated, too. Um, he doesn't always make the right read, but he does have a couple flashy passes here and there that you'll see. We even saw it in the preseason the other night. Uh, and, I mean, his, fir- his very first three that he hit, I mean, he walked down the court and he, he hit, like, a step back over Bam Adebayo. And I was like, okay, this guy's for real. You know, like, that's, that's all I got to see. He's going to be fun. He's going to be really good. I think he'll win um, not just for our division. I think he'll win rookie of the year as a whole over Cade. Um, I I don't think the Pistons are going to be all that great either. And I think that Jalen will really kind of win the media over. He's Mm -hmm. going to be the media darling, kind of like how LaMelo was last year or, uh, or Zion was the year before. So he's going to be the one that you see on Bleacher Report every 30 minutes. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's throw a fun one in here.
1: Uh, one that we have not talked about is there a player in this conference that you're like, all right, he's my he's my favorite to watch. You know, he might not be the best player, but he's like he's anytime that the TV's turned on, and I see, I'm like, all right, cool. I hope that guy gets some minutes or whatever. Is there a player and anybody can go uh, that you just love to see, no matter how good they are?
0: Well, Bobon, right? <laughs> <That's laughs> th- Three point shooting, Bobon – um that I, I'm going with that one. I have to at least give the Mavs a little bit of props since I do rep- represent the Mavs. So I'm gonna go with Bobon.
2: Hey, Bobon minutes are fun. I I will second that. Uh, really for me. Uh I've gotta I gotta give a shout out to uh Bailey Caldwell over at the lead because D'Anthony Melton, mm. right? And he's really good. He does not get played enough, and I'll put it like this. Um, it hurts me whenever I see him doing well because he was traded from Houston. And yeah. so it, it's a little bit of insult to injury that we had mouth on this team at one point, but I really like watching his game. If I had to pick a star, it's, it's going to be Luca for sure because he's just so incredible.
1: But... Yeah, for sure. No, uh the reason I did it is because I, I meant to talk about Boban earlier and I was like, man, I had to say something about the 3 and D that is Boban now. Uh, <laughs> he's so <laughs> fun. If I he's in the insane. game – if he's in the game, I'm I'm 100. I'm stopping the channel, like literally. If I'm flipping and I see it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm watching Bobon. He's so he's so fun, uh, and he's a good dude, which is the most important part, right? Good good fellow. Uh, all right, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Keegan. Let's go with you first.
2: All right, this is the one that I've been waiting for. As I flip to the next oh, page wow. of my notes, all right, I went kind of crazy on this. Right now, I look at Defensive Player of the Year and I look. You know, the first name that comes to mind is going to be Rudy Gobert. And whether you think that he deserved it, whether you think that he is a fraud that gets picked on in the playoffs, I don't care, all right? Because I think of him, I think of centers as being a DPOY, right? And shot blockers, rim protectors, that kind of thing. My pick for DPOY in in this division, Jakub Pertl. Okay? Whoa. Yeah, what was right? Wow. Um, Maybe not the most – I guess, well-rounded defender. But I think without a doubt, he is the best rim protector and probably the best defensive anchor, per se, in the division. And I wrote down some stats, right? So he averaged 1.8 blocks per game last season, right? If you bump that up to per 36, it's going to be 2.4, right? So I went through some rankings and I was looking after the All-Star break, he was starting, okay? And he was averaging over two blocks per game. And then overall for the whole league, right, he was sixth in the NBA in blocks per game, okay? And then he was also bringing in uh, a bunch of rebounds. I think it was 7.9 a game. So, I mean, he's a good rebounder too. Uh, And then his defensive win shares came in at 2.5. He had a 19.3 defensive rebound percentage. So that's really not bad too. I just – it's hard for me to not give him props for how good he is as that you know, that defensive-minded center really, and so I've got I've got to give him credit really, um, and I think I had it written down too. He was the th- he posted the third highest uh, average for rebounds in the division as well, uh, behind only Brandon Clark, uh, and then I think Stephen Adams or no, my bad, my bad, behind uh, Valanchunas and then Stephen Adams.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: Like you say, and I was like, don't say Yaga because I'm about to say Yaga Pertl, because he is, I mean, he is, well, let's just say this though. This division isn't really chock full of lockdown defenders. Okay. Right. So it, it was very tough to answer this question, but it is Yaga Pertl. I mean, he was one of the few players that could really slow Luca down around the paint too, because Luca's, Pretty much unstoppable, or getting to the rim and around the rim. And Yagupurdel uh, had done very, very well stopping him. He's just such a versatile defender. He's not the best defender, uh, but he alters shots. He was blocking KP a lot last year too. It's just he's just one of those really, really frustrating defenders. And I was trying to find good wing defenders to really look at in this division, but there's just not a lot.
2: I think Dylan Brooks would be, like, next up, I guess. Maybe, maybe he's in that conversation. Maybe DeJounte, if you're talking uh, guard defenders, too. But, I don't know, there's not much defense to go around in this division.
1: Yeah, I would say probably, in my opinion, I, Memphis is probably the best defensive team overall just because they, you know, it, pretty much they're just creating chaos, right, just for the most part and trying to get steals. And, um, you know, that's what they kind of pride themselves on. But like I've said, there's no, you know, there's no defense happening down in New Orleans. We all know that. Um, And so with Houston hit or miss, just depends. Like they're still young. So they're going to be, you know, bad defensively this year for sure. Um, I went with a guy who I think is very underrated and he is on the Grizzlies and most people think, Oh, it's Dylan Brooks. I, I think Dylan Brooks is good. I think he was really good during the playoffs, regular season. I'm not a big fan of Dylan Brooks' defense, in my opinion, because I think he fouls too much, and I think that actually hurts you in the long run. Kyle Anderson, I think, is is so sneaky good defensively. He 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 just does and is always in the right area. So he's doing the right thing because he's always in the right area. And so when you look at team defense, always there is going to be Kyle Anderson when he's on the floor. So I had to give him a shout-out just because he – defensively would just create, you know, bad matchups. Like, so if you're going against him and you're, and you're a smaller guy, he has the link just to kind of back off you, but also kind of keep a hand up and create you to have a bad shot as well as, you know, the bigger guys, he could still stand on his own. So that's why I went with Kyle Anderson, just because I've watched him and I, and I love who, who the player he is. Um, All right, let's keep going. Uh, Offensive player of the year. Jesse, is this a, is this a Luca stat? I don't, I don't think there's
0: any question that Luca is going to have, uh, like he's one of those players that creates so much offense for wow. a team. Um, he has the record for uh, the highest offensive creation in playoff history. Um, it's just, I, and he's going to be, uh, he's going to be tasked to, to create the majority of the offense. Cause there's not really a secondary creator. So I don't think it's really going to be a question. He's definitely the best scorer uh, in this division. I think that he may be uh, the best scorer in the league this year, too, if, if given the right circumstances.
1: Keegan?
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's Luka. Uh, he's unstoppable on offense. He's going to score on you. There's no there's just no locking that guy down. And then if his shot's not falling for some reason, he's gonna make a read, he's gonna find someone that's open and he's gonna get some assists too in the process. I mean, he sets everybody up for success. And so I think Luca kind of runs away with offensive player of the year for this division pretty easily, too.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's an issue. Um, uh, no reason to spend more time on it because I do believe that he could be um easily top three in scoring this year. Um, you're gonna see um Steph up there, obviously, because you know, they haven't been good in a while. And Clay's coming back. So they know that they, you know, as long as they're injury free, Steph has a chance to really, you know, take, you know, take the, the league by storm again just because of he can put up so many points. Um, but if we're staying in this division for sure, uh it's it's definitely Luca. So uh MVP, are we going down the same train? Is it the Luca train over over again, Keegan? Uh yes. absolutely (laughs) Jesse same thing
0: yeah so Luca may have a chance to win MVP for the league this year for a couple reasons one because they're going to be moving the ball a little bit more and I think KP actually looks pretty good in this preseason the last game he looked really good he was moving they looked like they had more chemistry I think I mean Luca almost had a triple double in the first half so I, I think that He's going to get a lot more assists this year. I think the Mavericks are in a position to where they could get a top three seed. If they do get a top three seed, I think it, it would be very difficult to not give it to Luka because Giannis probably, there's going to be some fatigue there. There's going to be fatigue with Jokic. Um, can, is LeBron maybe in the twilight? I don't know. I don't want to count LeBron out. But I mean, I think, you know, Durant also has Harden. Uh, and then maybe Kyrie if he decides to, you know, get his act together. So I, I think that there's a lot of variables there, but a lot of people are checked off the list, which leaves Luca to to really have a, a chance this year. And, and he looks like he's in mid season form, which last year he was out of shape, and he looks in really good shape because he played uh, for the Olympics.
1: So I'm excited to see what he does coming out the gate. Yeah, I think I think Luca is uh, maturing. And uh, not that he's immature or whatever, but uh, with age, usually you, you kind of just take a step back, you know, the older you get at times and you're just like, all right, cool. Like th- this is really what I, what I should be focusing on. This is what I should be doing. Um, you know, he's still under the, the smaller portion of his contract and the $10 million this year. Uh, but then it balloons up to 35 plus, right. From starting the next year. Uh, so this season, he still will be on that smaller contract, which is still 10 million more than I'll probably make ever in my life. But, um, he is definitely uh, well on his way to being um, uber superstar. I don't even know what's over that. So, uh, definitely Luca is the best player in this division overall. Uh, conference winner, who do you think it is and why Jesse? I got the Grizzlies winning the conference. Um, or wow. the, yeah,
0: the, the division. Um, I think the Reason is the chemistry. I think there's a lot you guys have shooting this year, which I think is going to get better. I think the, you'll have a better screen to pick and roll action, which opens up, um, you know, the perimeter a little bit. You can sink in those defenders with that gravity, with the screen to pick and roll action. And then you're going to have wa- more wide open shooters. That's what Utah did to have one of the best shooting uh, teams last year. So I think that there's going to be that. And then when you have that much shooting, then you're going to have um, your boy jaw, just go to the basket and do his spectacular sort of dunks and everything else. So, I mean, I, I think that you guys are going to have enough to, to win, win the division, in my opinion.
1: That's
2: shocking. Um, that's shocking for me. Uh, go ahead, Keegan. I had Dallas. Um... Uh, and I, I did kind of think about it for a while I was trying to make up my mind between Dallas and Memphis and ultimately I just I chose Dallas because I think Luca, no matter what is still going to just put the backpack on he's gonna say okay guys y'all hop in here I'm going to carry us to a division championship uh and the Grizzlies are going to be really good and they'll be pretty close behind and they do have continuity because they don't have a new coach like Dallas does and i on that note, I really don't trust Jason Kidd to be a competent head coach. He His track record is very, very shaky, and that was not the right hire for a plethora of reasons, quite frankly. Yeah, that's why I um, didn't pick Dallas. Yeah, and so I just – even even despite Jason Kidd being their head coach now and Prazingis looking like whatever the hell happened to him, I don't even know what his problem is now, but I still – yeah i i think luke it just carries
1: yeah i um the the picture of jason kidd and whatever outfit whatever bowling alley he found that maverick shirt at um <laughs> was just oh, um just amazing i don't did know did you see
2: how. did you see the edit where someone kept making the collar bigger yeah. for every like 10 likes that it got and eventually it was yeah. like it took up the whole court It, it uh it, it was, it was a mean
1: masterpiece yes
2: yes That's uh, awesome. that was funny
1: yeah, I um I picked the Mavericks as well just because Luca is Luca and um KP has to give them something this year. And I think that if he does not, they will figure out a way to potentially trade him off. And if he's not playing that well or somebody sees potential in a unicorn that KP is, then I think that they get some pieces back that make them, you know, actually stabilize who they are. I don't know. And I'm going to ask this question. You know, I know we're, we're kind of running on, on some time here, but um, what's the relationship real quick with KP and Luca? Is it good or is it that's just the media making something that's not? I think that it was overblown last
0: year. They look like they're genuine. If you watch preseason, I'm sure you haven't watched any match preseason, I but. Oh, you did okay. Yeah. So they look like they're having fun together. They're doing right. winky, uh, like uh, finger guns at each other. I mean, they look like they're having a good time. They're at least putting on a show for the television. Right. So I think that it was overblown. But uh, kid is really in KP's um, on his team here. Like he's the the mass media day was completely KP centric. They're really trying to keep him comfort comfortable and his his confidence up. And they, he's been moving really well um, off ball, which has is, is really got him scoring a lot more in, in more natural ways. So I think he is going to have a better year. I'm, I have questions about Jason Kidd, but I also have questions about Luka having such a uh, hard off season with the Olympics where he may get run down towards midseason. Yeah. That's why I don't know if they can actually pull out the division win.
1: Yeah, that's always scary. Uh, coming off Olympics, um, and but then also, you know, just the injuries from KP. Um, do you uh, anybody have any any crazy thoughts on the how the the rankings of this division will be? Just overall, you know, just within the division. In my opinion, it's it's Mavs, Grizz, Pelicans, Spurs, Rockets. Uh, just because, and I think that the Spurs, people are saying they're going to be you know thirty five plus wins. I don't think they come. I don't think they get close to that. I think they're like thirty, thirty to thirty-one wins, and that means that the Rockets obviously had like twenty-six or so. But does anybody have any thoughts on that, or have any ranks, rankings they want to give there of their own?
2: Well, that's what I was about to say. Actually, um, my hot take for this division is that the Spurs and Rockets are going to be closer than people think. Now, whether that's because the Spurs suck more than they're expected to or if the Rockets are, you know, much better than they're expected to be. I don't know which one of those it's going to be, quite frankly. But I think that one of those is going to happen. Um, right. And so I, I think that there's a chance, slight chance, but a chance nonetheless that maybe Houston doesn't finish last in the division. Um, but it's going to take a little bit of both. It's going to take them overperforming from expectations and then the Spurs uh, just bottoming out from what they're expected to do. Uh, I do think that Houston almost hits 31s though. Um, a lot of people wow. have them um, way below. I think we we'll, I think 28 in best case scenario, everyone plays well, everyone plays to their role, uh 34. So, wow. 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 That that's absolute best case. All
1: right, so you should take your money, put it on the over, you know, <laughs> if you're feeling that good. I don't even know what it is. I'll find out though. Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, I think that
0: with San Antonio, I you know I grew up during the Popovich area era, and uh, I'm never going to count them out. I still don't count them out. I think they overperformed last year. I think you know with DeRozan's on/off numbers last year, they actually may be a better team this year without DeRozan. So I think that they're going to compete until I mean Popovich is about to retire. I think they're going to compete until at least midseason. I don't, it's more about motivations for me. I think the Rockets may be less motivated to win and San Antonio is more motivated. And a lot of those sort of end second half, half of the year um, standings is more about team motivation than anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so I have one fun one uh, for us. Uh, and we'll just need to be like just real quick, but does everybody agree that the the favorites to win are the um, uh, to win the whole thing, right? would be the Lakers, and then if we go out to the East, um, the Nets. Is, is that agreement, majority? Yes? No? I, I don't agree with that, actually. I, I think wow. that both of
0: them have a lot of question marks, and I would, I would almost think that maybe a Denver gets farther than the Lakers. Um, I don't really know who wins at all. I could see Milwaukee winning again. Um, but there's just too many question marks especially with the Kyrie situation, the health of everybody on either of those teams um, you know it's not a guarantee. so right. I would say it's,
1: it's probable but I can't say it's a lock at this point. Wow, um, so real quick I just something just caught my eye again. Um, the number for over under wins for Houston and the Spurs are one game apart. Houston's 27 and a half and the spurs are at 28 and a half. Wow. Um, spurs
2: are lower than I thought then.
1: Yeah. That that shocked me. That's why I like, kind of caught me caught me off guard. Um all right, well then then you know what? This will be even more fun. Give me your two teams from each conference. I don't need to know who wins. If you want to tell me, go ahead. Give me your two teams and I know, you know Jesse just went with it so I'm going to let you just keep on going on that. Um who go to the uh, two teams from each conference. Two two western, two eastern teams. And uh, who are they? And maybe why? Two. So I'm going to con- contradict myself a little
0: bit, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say the Mavericks have a chance to go to the finals. Um, th- a-, a few things have to happen. Um, Brunson has to play a little bit above. He's got to p- get at least 16 to 18 points a game. We got to see the same production from Tim Hardaway Jr. Christoph Porzingis has to really. Uh, be in a rhythm and and then Luca has to be Luca if Luca has a little bit of help I'm never going to count him out in the playoffs especially since they don't have to play Kawhi this year so I could really see them going to the finals um I you know if there's health permitting obviously the Lakers will go and and probably win um on the east I think it's also um uh and nets if they're healthy and then milwaukee there's no reason why milwaukee can't go back especially with the confidence that Giannis has so uh and he, he's shown to be a workhorse so i think he can he can withstand uh doing a, a you know back-to-back win so those I are great picks all
2: right keegan man i'm i'm glad that i spent four hours at work today listening some to uh, some other podcasts so i've <laughs> i've you know i'm i feel like i can answer this i think I'll agree that I think Dallas is a dark horse, Um, and it depends on, like you said, uh, contributions from other players besides Luca. I think Luca can backpack them almost to the conference finals on his own. Mm. Uh, You look at last year; I mean, he almost beat the Clippers by himself too, and that was when Kristaps or Tingus Pingus, as we will call him here, uh, just looked awful. And so I think if uh, I think if Przingus. Kind of regresses back to the mean uh, of what he should be. I think last year's just a down year and health permitting, I think that he can get back to being a productive player. Um, maybe not the best uh, second option in the league or anything. Not There's better out there, but I think the Mavs will probably make a conference finals uh, and then Lakers, of course. And then I guess if I have to go to the East, um, Bucks and Nets, I don't think there's a way around that, but I disagree the Bucks are going to go to the finals again because I look at this past uh, playoff series between those two in, the, uh, in their matchup and the Nets almost took down Milwaukee and that was when Harden got hurt like 30 seconds into that first game and he's playing on like one leg. Basically, right. like, I mean, he was being a freaking trooper going out there and it was basically KD by himself because Kyrie was out too. And KD on his own and like, a one-legged Harden almost beat the Bucks too. And if KD wore a slightly smaller shoe, then they were probably in the finals last year. So I, I think Lakers, Nets, finals. Uh, give me the Nets, with or without Kyrie.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's where um, – so I'm going to start in the East uh, just because I'm going to piggyback off what you just said. I think the Nets are far and above um, any other team just because of the offensive firepower And then also Patty Mills – very underrated and i think he can be a really good player for them and i think that they're going to be very tough to handle and i i do believe that it is the bucks and the Nets in the east um so i won't go far away from that we're all kind of uh, in consensus there but uh in the west i really do think it's going to be the jazz and the lakers and i know people are down and in, in on the jazz I just think that what they did in the offseason is they added to how good they were. So as long as they can continue to shoot the ball the way they did, Mike Conley looks a lot better than he had. Donovan Mitchell should be just as good. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to be the best regular season team this year in the West. So I'm going to go with those two teams because – Why not? Right. Have some crazy chaos. Maybe the jazz will take out the Lakers. Maybe the Lakers won't make the playoffs. That's what I'm really hoping for. So I would love that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Guys, this was a blast. Um, We'll let you go first. Keegan, Uh, give us uh, what's happening on the liftoff podcast or anything that y'all, any show that y'all might have coming up that people might want to tune in for
2: uh we're fixing i'm actually about to go and hop on an episode in another five minutes or so uh with the fellas and we're gonna be talking about just rockets preseason and just some general expectations what we've seen through these first couple preseason games and we'll be overreacting to those as everyone (laughs) tends to do uh so it's gonna be a lot of fun uh and of course we're gonna be hopefully putting out two episodes a week once we get to the regular season so we can cover more games that way um And we have a really good episode over Ben Simmons, even though he's probably not going to Houston, but you can go and catch up on that one too and uh, get our take on that. But you can find me on Twitter at KSmithHoops, and you can go follow Rocket's Lead on Twitter as well to find all of our podcast and writing content.
1: I like it. Jesse, give it to us. Yeah, so we
0: just kicked off the new brand for the Mavs Report. Um, Last week I had um, uh, a great show. I had someone from uh, Sports Illustrated on in in the next few episodes. I'm going to have some people from uh, different teams from the Charlotte Hornets and Toronto Raptors and a bunch of other people. I don't want to give away names yet, but it's going to (laughs) be some good stuff. Uh, I always have usually each week I have a a guest from a different um, area, either a writer for the Mavericks or somebody that works in uh, for another team or as a writer for another team. So we got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, I'll be recording here in a couple of days and I'll have one on Monday for y'all. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm at the Mavs report and at Mavs lead,
1: uh, follow the Mavs lead for all the Mavs content you need. Yeah. So uh, first of all, thank you guys. But this is the, uh, as we talked about earlier, the most fun conference and um, in, in NBA you know, bar none, in my opinion, what that means is you might not be a fan of the Grizzlies. You, you might just be a fan of John Morant, you know, Jaren Jackson Jr., which means that you can still be a fan of Jalen Green, Luka Doncic, Zion Williams, any any of those that you want to be a fan of. That's OK. Listen to all the podcasts. This is We're part of the lead sports media, and we're all going to just give and embrace our teams but we talk about some of your favorite players. So if you do like some of these players like Jalen green and even Luca, go check out these podcasts. I promise you, you won't regret it, but guys, that's all we have, man. I appreciate y'all hanging out with us tonight.
2: Oh, thank you for having us. It was fun. Thanks,
1: Daniel.
2: We'll do it again
1: soon. Once again, thank you to those two guys. They were, they were great. Um, And Keegan brought his two pages of notes. Jesse, I think he said he limited himself to a page uh, they were deep diving into the stats and who they really wanted to, and and honestly, they had less than eight hours to even plan this. It was a last minute. Ryan's had something come up. I'm going. I'm actually on vacation right now. When you're hearing this, I am down on the beach, playing in the sand with my kids, sitting back, enjoying beautiful, beautiful Florida. So. Uh, that's where I am. I hope you're having a great day. I'm having a I'm definitely having the best day so uh but that's all we have but yeah, those guys are so good uh the the lead the podcast in, in general what what's happening the audio game that's stepping up from the lead sports media it's it, it's it's banging as the kids say uh so so make sure if if you have a player like I said earlier a player or a team or someone that you really just enjoy and love. Go check them out. Uh, we have podcast network almost attached to every branch that we have now. Uh, and if, if you hear of one that doesn't have one and you really enjoy that team and you just stumbled upon the grizz one because you love John ja Morant or if it's Jesse or Keegan or whatever, we can be friends too. And you can go find out whatever branch that is and you can take over and be the podcast host. So, just if you have any questions or anything my dms are open you can hit me at daniel greer i'm the audio advisor for the lead so please check me out and also if you have any suggestions on how this podcast can get better let me know my wife tells me plenty of areas for improvement so Uh, but that's all we have i hope you have a great day i hope you're having a great monday because i am you know it be nice and tell your friends